Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Zion's Finest. In this episode, I am joined by my two brothers, Ryan Jamal Stripling. Hello. And Dave Seafelt. Hey. These are my brothers who were walloping each other in the recent Kansas Regional. We're going to, going to get their report. First off, just a little bit of news. The most important thing is that it everybody who is re- who wants to go to Worlds needs to get on the wait list. You need to go to Adepticon's website. They will give you the information that you need in order to get on the wait list. Unfortunately, I think that you need to purchase an Adepticon ticket. However, I've been trying to do some casual sleuthing to figure out how many people are on the wait list in terms of just determining... What, so right now what they've got is 40 open seats, which were booked like 20 minutes after they were released. And then they have 40 reserved seats that are for people who won regionals like DT, um, Brett, Kelly with his nationals win. People who've won big tournaments, they get reserved seats. The chance to purchase a seat is what it is for most everybody. Now, the thing is, a lot of those seats are going to people who actually already have tickets. So I won the Utah regional, but I'd already purchased a ticket. So the ticket that would have been reserved for me is going to be released back into the general pool. You can't transfer it or anything like that. And it seems like there's actually not too many people on the wait list, at least that have been vocal about it, either on the Slack, Facebook, or the forums. So... If you are thinking about going to Worlds, I know it hurts real bad to buy that Adepticon ticket before you know if you're going to get in. But I actually think it's uh, it, it's a prudent decision because odds seem to be somewhat strong that you'll be able to to uh, get one of those reserve tickets that are going to be released for the general public. But with that, we have no other additional news. I talked about them fixing the spire, which is a gift from God, and all the <laughs> all the marvelous things that are waiting for FFG to pour upon us. Um, but before we get too much more into that, let's start with some introductions. First, Dave, you've never been on the podcast, which astounds me because we've been talking on the Slack for so long. But give the listeners an introduction for yourself. Sure. Um, so we started playing with a group of three of us uh, right before Java came out. Um, and our uh, primary focus was going to be on playing campaign, like a lot of people who get started in IA. Um, and then we were, I don't know, the three of us, which was uh, Pat Helfrich, who's on Slack, and then uh, Dane Brower. Uh, so Fight Wookies is Dane and uh, Pat is wannabe pudge. Um, so we started playing a little bit of skirmish cause there were some, our wives were having babies and random things like that. So taking up our time. So only two of us could get, get, get together at a time. So we were starting to work on that. So uh, tell us about your previous organized play experience with worlds and such. Sure. So we went to uh, worlds for the Hunter meta, which we decided I think was 2017. Um, and just kind of going in, I had been to one organized tournament before that I had played, uh, Luke Rangers, and then I brought an eight-act uh, scum list um, with some guys that I had met at their regional tournament um, prior to that, uh, and we ended up doing really well. It was Micah Krausley and um, Matt Lansdowne and I, um, and we all finished top 16 that year, uh, which was a big surprise to me, but I was happy about it. Um, and then uh, last year, uh, got a runner-up in a regional in Omaha, um, with a pretty good crew of us. Uh, and then this year, do you play campaign? Uh, not as much anymore. Um, it's just, it's taken up a lot of time and skirmish has uh, been our go-to. Sure. Totally sure. Um, awesome. All right, Ryan, do you want to give a reintroduction? Uh, astute listeners will remember Ryan coming on after worlds of 2018, but do you want to give a reintroduction, Ryan? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm Ryan Jamal on the Slack and, you know, everywhere else. And uh, I got into Imperial Assault from the beginning. 
I, I played Descent First Edition, then Descent Second Edition, and when I saw that it was getting a reskin with Star Wars, I said yes, please. Um, but I was a campaign player at first, like most of us, or well, a lot of us, and I saw rumblings about the four by four and <laughs> took a hard pass. Um, but I started getting into the um, skirmish side of things with my friend John. Um, and he's Brigadier Blue on the on the Slack and the forums. And we went to our first tournament, which was a regional at Tulsa. And this is back when Vader's Finest was in its heyday. And so uh, it had a really good scene there. And this was right around the Bantha wave. Um, and then we just sort of fell in love with skirmish and going to tournaments. And we've been driving everywhere since. So, um, yeah, I went to Worlds. Uh, 2017 made top 32 and then last year made top 16 and um, have lost to John and Dave in some regionals and uh, that's my claim to fame. <laughs> Not that you're better or anything. <laughs> yeah. We we could say you referenced John. That's John Scott. He's got quite an amazing name. It just like fires itself right off the tongue. John Scott <laughs> just won the Omaha regionals in an epic game versus uh, ben Varnum. So Slack Slack channel members would do well to read Jamal's recounting of it in the forum or the thread. It was amazing. It was really, really fun to read as it was as it was transpiring. But yeah, um, it was one of the craziest matches I've ever seen. It it was pretty insane. It seems seems crazy. Now, Jamal, you live in Arkansas, right? Yeah, yeah. How far of a drive is it to like Omaha from where you live? It's uh, about six hours. Ooh. Ooh. That's a that's a good drive. Well, everything that we go to is at least like five or six hours, so <laughs> it's pretty standard for us. There you go. Fair, fair. Awesome. Okay, so what I would like to do is, um, so as listeners will know, we, we have had a slew of regionals recently. What I would like to do now is we're going to dive into the Kansas regional that happened the same day as the Utah regional, actually. They had a great turnout. They had 17 players. The The Midwestern meta is incredibly competitive and I would say it was somewhat you guys are somewhat scum favored in terms of run I, mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say scum favored I mean I think there's a pretty strong contingent of rebels there is one, <laughs> one person that you Jamal <laughs> <laughs> yes you're right Jamal does run rebels <laughs> with, with all those people that's that that is totally fine however I would say what I'm leading into is the fact that their group is incredibly good it's a it is an incredibly solid play group so this this uh, regional was one that I think a lot of us were paying attention to in terms of seeing how things were going to shake out. So what I'd like to do is let's start with a recap of Swiss. We'll go round one, um, Dave, then Ryan, round two, Dave, then Ryan. Um, there were four rounds of Swiss. Let's just do quick summaries of them, and then we'll talk about top cut and proceeding to the final. Dave, you want to start with round one? Sure, I had a bye. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> uh, well, I did not have a bye. Um and so round one, I played Donovan Rita, and he had a really interesting list. He called it uh, Hansel, and because his last name is Rita, he would say Hansel and Rita. Um, and the reason he called it Hansel is because there's a mixture of Specter Cell and Han in there. And so he had Han, Zeb, Hera, Chopper, uh, an R Smuggler, and Gideon, 3PO, and then Sabine. And I believe his uh, extra point was Doubt. Um, and so it was a really interesting and challenging list just because um, 
you know, Sabine and Zeb and Han uh, can take down a lot of figures quickly. Oh, and I should probably start with saying what my list was. Um, I've been running a Han, Sabine, and Dracotta list, and so the rest of that is Hera, R2, um, and Rebel Care Package, and I have Doubt. Um, and so anyway, our first match was on U-Screw with the droids, and he had the the better side, and so... What ultimately I think swung the match in my favor is I think he made an error on um, one uh, of which door to um, to open. And so I was really worried about where all his figures were going to end up. And so I swung my figures over to the right side of my deployment um, in o- order to quickly push out if I needed to, but I didn't pull it all the way over. Um, I sort of hung back so I could also go out the the middle part of, uh, in case that door got opened. And he chose to open up one of my doors and then I opened up the other. And so his Han was pushed all the way over by his terminal. Um, and all he, pretty much all of his figures were over there except for Zeb and his smuggler. And he moved his droid over to um, that side as well. But they were all hiding behind um, that wall. And so there's no way for me to get access to them. And so the first... Even with arcing shot from Dracar? Well, I'm getting to that. Yeah. And so um, he felt like he was protected. Um, but what ultimately happened is I basically had another round to focus up more figures and to draw more cards, which is what my list really needs. Um, and then what I did is I, about halfway through round two, I moved up and I did have Arcing Shot, and I shot the droid, um, which was the outermost figure with Arcing Shot, and I used uh, Shrapnel and then uh, Collateral Damage in order to kill his smuggler. And that was a huge difference because that put me up on Activations, uh, or at least even, and so now I was going to get the last activation. Um, and so now his Han had to, he had to make a, several tough choices. Um, and so he had, without knowing where I was going to go with my Han, he had to make decisions with his Han. And ultimately what happened is he continued to just push um, Han to safety, and that allowed me to move my Han kind of up with impunity because his Han was out of position to threaten mine. Um, and so if for the longest time, this this game was tied, or not tied, I, I think I was up six to four. I, I drew Rebel Graffiti first round. Um, in the end, I was able to completely avoid his Han. I ended up up to 17 points, I think. I uh, killed Sabine. And scored a droid, and I did enough damage on Zeb that I had driven him back a little bit. And so, <laughs> this is Uskru. Time was called at a, I don't know, like a 17 to 4 point spread. Um, but ultimately, that tempo swing of getting up on uh, killing the smuggler, but also killing his droid, um, made him kind of get behind in tempo, and ultimately, I pulled out with the wind. Was he able to kill your droid? So, that is where he 
he could have, but he didn't. Um, and I think that was one, I, I still would have been up on points. Um, but I didn't have to do as much because he didn't equalize that sort of pressure. And so, um, I think he tried to take some long range shots on, um, some figures and ultimately didn't do very much damage. Um, or he moved into position to maybe get a shot the next round, but I don't think he was paying as close attention to time. Um, okay. But yeah, he should have he taken out that droid. All right, so win in round one for both of you. On to round two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jamal and I played each other in this round. Um, and and so let's go ahead and move on to round three. And, yeah, there uh, we go. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> so uh, I'll go ahead and tell you guys what I was running there. So I had... Um, a list with Hondo, Jabba, Onar, Greedo, Elite Jawa, uh, 3PO, Sabine, and Hera. And then I also brought uh, Black Market, and then the last point was for Temp Alliance. Um, so my idea with this list was to have uh, the 100 cards I needed and uh, kill everyone, and then also have uh, VP manipulation, as everybody's calling it now. Um so uh, in the start of the game, it looks like uh, from my notes, Jamal, we didn't really score many points the first round. I, uh, none at all. And then I grabbed a crate and ran it back to... Are you playing on... So I assume you're playing on Moss Eisley Concealed Treasures? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are on that. Awesome. Uh, and I had, um, you would call the indoor deployment zone. Um, mm-hmm. So I uh, kind of huddled everybody around... Uh, my terminal, I left Sabine and Hondo uh, more towards the deployment zone um, just to kind of save them a little bit for later uh, and feel out what he was going to try to do with Han. Um, so I ended up opening my door on the top side uh, so I could get a crate with the Jawa. Um, and Jamal, you kind of sat down uh, towards the bottom portion of the map from my perspective. Yeah. So I boxed up yeah. around my terminal and I opened the, the bottom door so that, uh, for end around when that door, uh, blocking line of sight to your terminal is open, Han can take a shot up, um, at your exposed figures. Yes. Which they were exposed and I left Onar in a bad spot. Um, so end of round Onar took a shot from Han, mm-hmm. uh, which you ended up doing probably six or seven damage, I would guess. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, and then did you have initiative? Sorry, I don't have great notes on this one. I don't actually remember. I w- the haze of bitterness. I think sort of uh, <laughs> <laughs> clouded my notes. Uh, all I wrote, I wrote more detailed stuff on the other ones. All I wrote was pretty close. Couldn't get there in time. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I mean, the big swing in this match was that Jamal couldn't kill Onar. He kept him in one health, so yeah. Onar got an activation. And then I think you tried to kill him with a Sabine grenade uh, and blanked on it. Yeah. So then awesome. I ordered a hit with Jabba so that Onar could attack again before he finally died. Um, wow. So I got a couple extra attacks out of Onar, which is a big deal. That's um, a big deal. Yeah, and then something you did in this game was you paid Hondo, which I was happy about. Um, yeah, when I was doing I my did. testing, when I was doing my testing, I did not realize how many people were going to pay Hondo um, when you attack with him. 
Um, yeah, well, that was a that was a bad call on my on my part. Yeah, okay, well, fair <laughs> enough. How many people were going to make bad calls? <laughs> was, not, was not in my mind so i was expecting to get more damage out of them but happy to get the vps um yeah which plays into my list but yeah yeah because well most of the time what's going to happen is they're going to pay hondo and they might save the figure then but you're still going to kill them right and mm-hmm. supposedly like while they save themselves two damage they're still probably going to be hurting so you might not need to commit a very valuable attack or you might all you might even need to do is like a Sabine grenade or something like that. Right. So then the figure was just worth two extra points plus Java, right? Yeah, exactly. So Yeah. Yeah. And I think my, um, my thought process at the time was, so I have three attacking figures and pretty much the entirety of my command card um, deck and my style of play is around keeping them alive for a long, as long as possible. So I go super defensive with my command cards and... I don't think I had the cards that I needed at the moment, and so I. What cards do you? What cards are you, are you talking about and relying on? Yeah, so um, I have both um, stealth tactics, embrace for impact. I have second chance. Okay. I have heart of freedom, um, and so, but but in also to a certain extent, arcing shot is can be a, a defensive card because it sure. allows um, Dracada not to be exposed as much. So those are my command cards that I use, but also just style of play. I need those figures to stay alive, and so yeah. But it ultimately in that game wasn't wasn't the right call. What was your so maybe let's uh, do a quick summary of your your general plan going into the game? And obviously, you've given a good summary in terms of like the the shift point. But what like Jamal? What was your plan of attack for um, Dave's list? Where he's got one more activation than than you, so you have to be a little careful right like you don't have mhd so the only thing that's going to save Han is going to be on the lamb or second chance if you put it on him what was your what was your plan yeah my plan was to box up around my terminal um and to draw up a little bit and then to push the advantage um with my end around attack at the end of the first round and then um to really push on the assault um with the second round. And so he has an advantage in terms of pieces, but a lot of my figures can, so, I mean, Dracada can just wipe some of these figures or get them really close. And so Sabine can swoop in with a grenade and attack and sort of um, do cleanup. Um, And so I was hoping that I could take him out before his VP manipulation and crate grabbing could get him up to 40. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, I was in particular worried about Hondo. Uh, Onar is going to run at me like a truck. And <laughs> so my Onar was the one he left open. And so that was my goal was to take out Onar before he could do anything. And I was, a da- you know, a damage away from uh, yeah. succeeding with that. And so that that didn't work out too well for me. Yeah. And what about you, Dave? What was your, so, I mean, obviously Jamal's got a very defensive list. Mm-hmm. A lot of figures you don't really want to attack. What was your, what was your plan? Just, um, act, just go for crates and then apply pressure that way, make him come to you. What was the idea? Yeah, I wanted to stay towards the top with my Jawa. That was the initial plan to grab that crate and run back. Um, I made a positioning mistake and put Onar in a spot that he never really should have been in. He didn't have any cover. 
Um, okay. So we hadn't really played uh, much playtesting. I mean, I hadn't played a lot with, I hadn't actually played a game with this list at all before. Um, and so putting them in that position uh, and having Onar open to Han shots was just not on my radar. And then when I put him there, I realized he was going to die real fast. So I, w- I was um, happy that Jamal rolled a little short. But um, I put three PO by him. I was hoping to get um, a couple of uh, surge blocks from get down and three PO. Um, yeah. and then kind of focus up Sabine and um, attack him from the other side. But it, it was, I'd never seen Jamal's list before. Um, I don't want to attack Han to start uh, just because of on the lamb and return fire. So, but he did an awesome job of positioning Dracotta in a way um, that you can't really get to him until the end of second round sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think the, maybe one misstep might've been, uh, Jamal came out with Sabine and grabbed a crate, um, and she couldn't quite get back to safety. So I was able to get some good attacks on Sabine. Wouldn't you say Jamal? Yeah, that, that would be, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> um, so if, if Onar had died, Sabine wouldn't have taken all that damage. And so, sure. yeah, so I, uh, that didn't work out too well for me. Yeah, well, yeah. luck was on my side there. Yeah, there you go. Better be lucky than good. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so Dave, Dave wins round two. Let's uh, do a quick summary of round three. Sure. So uh, I played against uh, John Scott in round three, and John was running Spectre with motivation. Um, and this was on the other Moss Eisley mission. So control. Uh, crates for this one and uh, it looks like i got the um, outside uh, deployment zone this time um, and i didn't really know what to do against specter here i drew into rebel graffiti so i wanted to play it kind of slow and my idea was i mean if i always if i draw into rebel graffiti and i get kind of some victory point cards as well like celebration or price on their heads i really want to just use those first activations to get um, price on their heads out, play Rebel Graffiti, be a few points up, um, and then put some pressure on them to get out of position. Um, but uh, it looks like uh, he, I made a mistake and opened one of my doors. That was, a, <laughs> that was not a good idea. Um, so round, by round two, he was up in my face with Ezra, um, and as a general rule, I'm kind of skittish about attacking Ezra uh, just because of the potential to on the lamb, dodge, all that stuff. And I didn't have the cards to do it. So I moved my guys towards, um, if you're sitting on my side of the map, which would have been the right-hand side, kind of up that straight pass, um, trying to get at uh, Sabine, who he left over there. Um, I ended up killing Sabine. Um but then uh, he killed, he got six points on objectives, killed Greedo fast, killed Hondo fast, and killed Hera. Um, and I was kind of in trouble. Um, I ended up getting a kill against Kanan, who was in there to support Ezra. Um, but I could never get enough damage through. And um, I mean, I felt like I got completely run over, but ended up managing 29 points still, um, which made me... Uh, feel all right about uh, playing Spectre 
in the future, but I still uh, could not execute any of my plans with John just being up in my face that fast on Mus Eisley. Um, so he ended up beating me. And you think the primary thing there was the opening the door and just letting Ezra get into your grill too quick? Yeah, yeah. I left that door open for Ezra to move into my deployment zone, and then I had left um, some figures right there as well to get attacked. So um, I wouldn't say it would have been a ton better for me if I would have kept the door closed. Um, I probably should have positioned my figures um, more in kind of a box towards uh, that back hallway. Um, that's all I could think of. I didn't have a lot of ideas on how to beat Spectre, um, on that map, um, with the cards that I had in hand. I just didn't have all my hunter stuff yet. Round three for you, Ryan. Yeah, I was playing Brad who was running Han Rangers. And, um, again, I was on the outside deployment zone and I boxed up around my terminal and he moved his Rangers down, um, towards the bottom to uh, get some attacks on Dracada. Um, but I had my defensive cards, and he expended quite a lot of resources and I think put through two damage. Oh. Um, and then he had the problem of having his rangers exposed, and, I, um, and so I was able to quickly wipe his rangers. And with Dracotta Han. Dracotta Han and um, I think Sabine maybe finished one of them off uh, with a grenade. And um, yeah, so the first attack was Dracotta's focus. He one-shotted the one that was further back and collateral damaged and uh, shrapneled onto another one. Um, and so he was already down to four health and... Um, yeah, so the Rangers died very quickly, and that that won it for me. Uh, in the end, I killed everybody but Han to to get to forty. Um, yeah, awesome, very awesome. Yeah, if you are playing with Han, if you're playing with Rangers versus Dracada, you need to like think about what is cautious, and then be even more cautious <laughs> because Dracada yeah. is going to one shot your Rangers, and she can do it with arcing shot. Mm-hmm. And it's she'll just shred them like she'll eat them alive. So yeah. you got to be really, 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 really careful with your Rangers when you're playing against Dracada. Yeah, awesome. All right, so that was round three. On to round four, final round of Swiss. Yeah, so uh, I played against Corbin, who is one of uh, Mike Crosley's students, um, who has been coming to. Uh, he came to that Worlds with us in 2017. Uh, I played it against him in a regional before that. He's a really good player. Um, and he was running Spectre, uh, and we okay. played on Tarkin, uh, weapons. So that's Tarkin B, I think. And I had the outdoor deployment zone for that one. Um, and, uh, my plan in this was to stay away from Spectre <laughs> as much as possible, not open my doors again. Um, I was a little concerned, uh, about, uh, keeping my figures, because I wasn't going to open my doors, keeping my figures uh, too far down in my deployment zone um, and just kind of getting uh, stuck there uh, as he just kind of ran at me with everybody. Um, I felt like I kind of had to get something off uh, to back him up a little bit. Um, and I had drawn into um, assassinate and... Um, to the limit, 
So, ooh, interesting. He uh, left Ezra. He came up to, so he came through the middle door, uh, kind of towards the top deployment zone, and he left Ezra in a spot where I could get line of sight to him if I to the limited Onar um, up to that very top point um, where I can shoot around the corner. So I was able to do that, and uh, I one-shot Ezra. Um, oh, wow. With, wow. with Onar, who was focused, and then I positioned Hera um, to get that extra damage, and then with Assassinate, um, was able to take out Ezra in one shot, um, which was going against my... I just, I just had to take the risk uh, because it was there. Um, and I could have flushed on the lamb before playing assassinate. So I thought it was decent to spend a focus and to the limit to potentially either put, uh, Ezra in a real bad spot or kill him. And I just rolled fire and I think he, uh, blanked with Ezra. So that worked out. Um, that is, that's yeah. a good gamble. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the rest of the match was me running away. <laughs> as he is, he just uh, pressed down on me because I had a lot of figures up in that uh, uh, top area that, uh, to go help uh, with Onar. And um, he came around that corner with Kanan and then came through my door with Zeb, who had grabbed a, a green token. And if Zeb grabs a green token, he is terrifying uh, and kills everything in one shot, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I spent, uh, I ended up, I think it looks like he paid for a Hondo shot one time. Um, and then I was able to get some VP manipulation off and, uh, it looks like Hera got me nine points, um, with Jabba. And then, um, I sold some stuff and I ended up drawing into rebel graffiti. I ended the game, uh, with Hondo and Sabine having finally opened that door by my deployment zone and sitting on uh, objectives. And then I ran Hondo in to his deployment zone to steal some victory points. And I hid Sabine behind Jabba <laughs> like, <laughs> like a coward uh, so that he couldn't come kill her before I rebel graffitied uh, to win the game. So, Wow. Yeah. What a game. Yeah. It was uh, so. It sounds like it sounds like you threw your standard operating procedure uh, to the wind and just just took your uh, shots and running away of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was trying to kill a couple figures, get some good VPs out of them, um, and then really make him pull himself out of position. Uh, I don't try and get too aggressive with the list. Um, it, it, Specter just comes and meets you where you're at. It's it's hard to have. Uh, much of a great plan against them if you don't have every single card you need um, with uh, with the list I had, especially because um, he can just run up and uh, kill Onar quickly. He can run up, and if I don't have on the lamb, then Hondo's gone, and I didn't have it. So I had to keep him and Sabine as far away as possible, and they're not adding to the attacks. And So it's a tough matchup, um, and I just, you know, it, it was... I think he ended up having 30 some points at the end. He was 27. He, he would have killed Sabine. So he would have been close. Um, do you run Hondo's card, Dave? Uh, I don't. I, um, I want to, but there's so many good cards out there. My yeah, biggest um, decision was, with my zero point cards was between Element of Surprise and Set for Stun. Uh, and I mm -hmm. ended up going with Element 
um, just because there's so many white dice out there. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's the right choice. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right, uh, round four for you, Jamal. Yeah, I was playing uh, the welcome mat from the forums, uh, and this was a really tight game. Uh, and he was playing, um, so he was playing Scum Rangers, and it was a really interesting list and with the Rebel Care Package and some Scum Hunters and Rangers, and I uh, really thought I was going to lose this one from the start. So I unfortunately had initiative, and so I took the outside deployment zone so I could hide Sabine in her little treehouse. Um, but he had, since I was going first, he was going to have last activation. And um, he didn't open his door, uh, and so I went ahead and opened my door, but I made a critical error in my positioning where I had uh, Dracotta, um just behind the, the wall below the door, so that he was exposed. He was adjacent to 3PO, and I had some defensive cards in my hand, and he couldn't have been attacked um, with a single activation of, of Rangers opening the door because he would have to move more than four spaces to target him. So even if he had urgency, he would have only gotten one attack on him, um, and I could weather that. I was holding take initiative in my hand and that maybe made me feel a little bit more, uh, less cautious, I guess. Um, but I was kind of, I left Han in a position who was, he was adjacent to three PO where he actually could have gotten two Ranger attacks on Han. Um, but I was fine with that because I would have gotten return fire and end around shot, um, and would have killed one of his Rangers, uh, and damaged, uh, well, and possibly damaged another. So um, what he did instead is with his last activation, so I'm still in the deployment zone, um, his last activation, he opens the door with one of his rangers, and then he moves up and picks up two weapons um, with his other two. Ooh. Ooh. And I was like, this next activation is going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what you want <laughs> you do not want rangers with weapons yeah Ugh. yeah they're, so, they're, they're cost of that two blue for a reason yeah so they um so then start around um he has initiative i have no shot with han um for end around and so start around he has initiative i try take um and he has negate so he uh Negates my initiative. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Before that, since he had initiative, he played um, Call of the Vanguard. And so he moved up one of his rangers who had picked up a red weapon. He didn't get to use the red weapon because it was outside of activation. Um, but he was focused and took a shot on Drock. Um, and I don't remember how much damage he put through. Uh, he burnt one of my defensive cards. I don't remember if I added a black or a I think I added a black, but he still puts um, some damage through. But then when he negated my take initiative, I was like, this is not good. Um, and so what happened is he kills Dracotta without Dracotta firing a shot um, and moves back to relative safety uh, with his rangers. So beginning of second round, I've lost Dracotta and have done nothing 
to his list. Um, and so his Rangers are sort of exposed, but not by very much. Um, and so I thought I was probably going to, to lose. I was able to come back um, and just barely got the win. I picked off one of the Rangers. He tucked another one away um, using Gideon's movement. And um, because of losing Dracotta early and being down on points, I just had to push forward. Um, and so he had opened the door by his terminal. And so I was able to go down there with Sabine and um, uh, can't remember how this all played out, but I was able to take out another figure. Um, I think I took out Onar in that. Um, sorry, I'm getting some of my games mixed up, but I took out an, another figure. And so I was able to get above in points. Um, and so in the end, it was coming down to time. Uh, and he pushed up a figure and took a shot on 3PO holding, um, celebration in hand that would have put him just above my points and 3PO gets the dodge. Oh, man. Yeah. I think I might have still won even if he killed 3PO because I had a focused Han um, who just needed to kill Gideon in the end round shot in order to win, um, which, is, which is pretty doable, uh, but not guaranteed. So anyway, it was a very close game, uh, but I managed to eke out a win, um, and that got me into the top eight. Awesome. So at this point, you're both three and one. Mm-hmm. You make the top eight. Who was 4-0 on the day? That, was John, that would have right? been, uh, yeah, John and Micah. Was Micah 4-0? Oh, what was Micah running? Uh, Vader, Palp, Thrawn. I never played against oh, him, so Jamal, right. you know. Yeah, he had Vader, Palp, Thrawn, three officers, and a death trooper with cross-training. Okay, I like that list. That's a really cool. That's very similar to what Scott was running, except I think he just doubled. He had more... Um, upgrades and for uh, for go he foregoed on the um, third officer, but it's still that's a really really cool list. Yeah, tons of control and a crazy alpha. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so what we'll do is let's do a quick run through top eight leading up to the final. Maybe we'll reverse. We'll have Jamal go first, and let's um, let's just do a quick summary in terms of how the again how the game went, your general plan. Obviously, spoiler alert, you both made it to the final. So a, being able to pull it off and just kind of give like some, a 30,000 view in terms of how you did. Let's start with you, Jamal. Yeah, top eight was Tarkin on the, not the weapons one, but where you can ping points. And I was playing Matt Lansdowne, who had a nine-act uh, Iggy Scum Hunters list. And he, so he has nine activations. And this is where you can get all those tons of objective points. And I started seeing memories of... Uh, Sorry to bring up a bad memory, Dave, but Dave's lost to John <laughs> in the final at Omaha the previous year where uh, John, with his riot swarm, just scored all 40 points just on these objectives. Yeah. And so <laughs> Matt got up um, 18, Z- I mean, I maybe had four points or something, but he had 18 points on objectives really early. Um, and so I was, the, the pressure was extremely on me. Um, and so I had to push out very uh, aggressively 
and I started taking out some of his Jawas. I managed to take out another Jawa and a smuggler with a lucky grenade. They had had damage um, pushed on them, I think, from a Dracotta blast or something like that. Um, and that got enough up to where that forced Iggy to come after Han. Um, and he has... So Matt was playing with um, the two-point upgrade that lets you change... Uh, a condition that's dealt to any other condition. What is that? Punishing strike. Punishing strike. Yeah. And it was really clever. So he's got Greedo who, um, can do, uh, deals bleed. Uh, and so can change that to stun. Uh, so early on I arcing shot, um, Greedo, he was hiding behind that little, um, uh, block blocking terrain over on the inside, uh, by the inside terminal. So with Dracata, I, Arcing shot Greedo, who was focused, and took him out. Uh, I also played Element, I think. And so I took him out before he could do anything. And so I was feeling a little bit better about the not taking uh, a stun from these conditions. But he um, played a command card with Iggy and was able to stun Han. Um, but I managed to live with my defensive cards. I got a crucial dodge when I... Uh, played stealth tactics and was rolling double whites with Han. Yeah. Um, and so next round, um, I think I negated take initiative. Uh, so then Han unstunned shot Iggy. He has four health left. He shoots at Han, but I on the lamb, uh, and that was Iggy's first activation. And I move back behind where I can fire back and kill Iggy and, um, then I can just run away and win on points. So in the end, he came really close to doing a lot of damage, but didn't kill any of my figures. But that early objective um, uh, lead really put a lot of pressure on me. All right, and for you, Dave? Uh, I played against Donovan, um, which was the uh, list that we talked about where Sabine and Zeb were outside of Spectre Cell and had Han in there as well. Um, so I got initiative, and I was in the outdoor deployment Again, um, he also brought Chopper in that list, and it became apparent to me that he was not going to go with Chopper until I put somebody on that terminal, and he was going to try and swing activations uh, and kill a figure right off the bat. And I didn't really want to be straining cards because a lot of um, my list rely. I mean, I could strain away um, several victory points there, um, so it doesn't play into my hand a lot. So I decided to set everybody up again kind of towards the top, not open the doors because I'm just scared of Han in general. Um, and I put Sabine on the terminal um, because I had Rebel Graffiti in hand. Lucky me. Um, so set her on the terminal and Chopper shocked her. I took three damage. Um, and then I drew in to take initiative. Um, so I went ahead and played it. Um, the next round just to kind of avoid that swing um, if I could. Uh, but I drew into some good cards for uh, Greedo, who was at the top to go ahead and take a shot. He had left Hera and Sabine out. Um, I didn't have Heightened, uh, but I had Assassinate, so I went ahead and shot Sabine, and I played worth every credit. Uh, and, uh, sh or excuse me, I shot Hera. I can't remember if I said her or Sabine. But anyway, I shot Hera. Uh, to try and avoid the dodge, and uh, she missed on range. 
Greedo uh, hit a range seven shot. Um, I didn't have to use Hera, so I rolled really well. Uh, and then I killed her. Um, so, and I celebrated. So that put me up to nine, 10, 11 with that kill. And then 12, 13 with the, um, rebel graffiti. So, um, I went ahead and let him shock Sabine again and then spent the rest of my time. He didn't draw into negation till like the end of the game. So she grabbed a lot of victory points from rebel graffiti and just spent time healing, uh, the rest with of the her game. Evasive maneuver. Yeah. Yeah. And then hiding behind Jabba. Because I like to hide Sabine behind Jabba, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he's an effective, uh, 10 more effective health. So. Right, right. Yeah, and towards the end of the game, uh, kind of something that I liked, I kind of started figuring out was working well, was uh, kind of working with Hondo to kill some figures or get some good damage on figures, maybe get paid some victory points, uh, and then kind of towards the end of the game, start creeping him towards the deployment zone. Um mm. Because that four-point swing uh, ends up being really big uh, in close yeah. games. Uh, but it's like I mean, celebration for free. Right, exactly. And, uh, Do- I mean, Donovan had some bad luck. I, I dodged uh, with Greedo um, uh, at least once, um, mm-hmm. which is always a pain uh, because he's hard to kill. And if he dodges, it's just even worse. Um, and then yeah. I was able to kind of push Han out of the way with Onar's rush for... Um, to avoid some of his end of the round shots and stuff. So uh, I had a lot going for me that game. Very cool. Awesome. So now let's go on to top four, Jamal. Yeah. Top four, I was playing Micah and we mentioned this before, but it is Vader, Palp, Thrawn, three officers and a uh, death trooper with cross training. So he, this was on Uskru the stashes. Um, and he comes in pretty immediately with Vader um, bombs him down to take the middle two objectives. Um, and he's got officers on another two. So he gets eight points from objectives first round. I get a end around Han shot, um, but only deal three damage. Um, then he, or no, not an end around. Actually, I get my, um, I think I, I got just enough movement where I moved up and with my activation, I shot, Vader got three, but then he had initiative, and so he moves, uh, he um, force chokes Han and then moves out of the line of sight. And so uh, Han has taken two, he's taken three, but then uh, he just moves in uh, after opening my door. He moves in and spins uh, the force push and parting blow combo in order to kill Dracotta. Um, but ultimately I get the kill on, on Vader and, uh, it takes forever, however. And so he, all this time, um, you know, he scored eight objective points at the beginning. He's killed Jakarta and he still has all those officers who are just parked on these different, uh, objective points. And, so after I kill Vader, that's that's a big leg up. I kill uh, the Death Trooper. Um, Thrawn has come around, and um, I've swung around to the right so I could be as far away from Vader as possible. Thrawn's come around down from his terminal side to be there, and I'm able to take out Thrawn, and I finally get close to uh, catching up on points, but it's getting close to time. Um, and so... 
I have a vast figure advantage. I think he's got like an officer and palp left, but I'm still close to not getting caught up. And so in the last round, uh, there's like two minutes left and we get into the next round. And that um, was what allowed me to win because I kill an officer um, and with rebel graffiti, uh, I'm able to get to uh, 40 points, I believe. Um, Awesome. Or... Uh, I don't know, enough to surpass him. I don't know if it was 40. But yeah, it was a close game. Awesome. Do you know how much practice Micah had got with that list prior to the regional? I know that I was playing him on Vassal not too long before that, and he was playing a different list. So (laughs) that's what I can tell you. Um, But (laughs) I don't don't know. um, Yeah, I don't actually know. Interesting. Yeah, I think he said he played Ben uh, Varnum the night before uh, and then decided on it then. I had never seen Micah play that list, although um, we hadn't had much of a chance to do uh, testing. So Interesting. Yeah, he, I never heard him talking about it beforehand. So yeah, he's sneaky. He might, he, he might have asked me about Scott's Vader Palthron now that I'm thinking about it, but I don't recall. So that's awesome. Very, very cool. Um, all right, Dave, you want to give us your top four? Yeah, so uh, I played John Scott again. Um, I was just having so much fun playing against Spectre all day. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many uh, Spectre games did you play? Three. Okay. And I played John twice. So. There you go. Um, so uh, I was a little happier with the map this time. Um, and I believe John got uh, initiative, and I ended up getting the... Uh, I don't know how to describe the zones. It's the one with the the difficult or the impassable terrain uh, on the bottom. So that was the one that I started on, uh, and um, we ended up just moving our guys uh, around as you do on new screw, kind of trying to devise some kind of plan, but nothing will happen. Um, and I sat on um, one objective, and then my plan usually is to run Greedo into the middle. Um, John running motivation had given Ezra enough spaces to contest those. And he went ahead and did that. Um, so, uh, I ended up grabbing or having initiative. Um, I think he opened my middle door and I opened his terminal door. Um, and I had drawn into, by that time I had strengthened numbers. I had, uh, heightened reflexes. I essentially had all the cards I needed to kill Ezra. Um, and I know I said earlier that I don't like attacking Ezra. Um, but since I had strength in numbers, Greedo was focused, Onar was focused. Um, I, uh, and he ran Ezra into my figures with his brash instead of running away, which he later, later said, um, he was really debating on what to do and decided to bring Ezra in. Um, so I figured the only thing I was afraid of was, uh, on the lamb. Uh, my first attack was with Onar. Um, and it went through with, uh, like eight damage total. Um, I, it was wow. a re- really good attack. I think so. I mean, something like that, six to eight damage. It was a good attack. Um, and I did not have to use heightened reflexes. Uh, and he didn't on the lamb. So I just went for it, strength in numbers with Greedo, uh, and took him out. Um, so that was a huge um, plus there. And then uh, he ended up running 
Zeb and Kanan in uh, to try and get my figures. And it ended up being a, a really close game. Uh, I pulled it out with, uh, in the end, killing Chopper, who I had uh, used Sabine to put a price on Chopper's head. Um, and then I was at 33 points, and I was able to kill Hondo, who like lived with one damage uh, against a Sabine attack, the activation before, and, and came up and killed him. Or no, I actually I, I attacked him. I didn't kill Chopper, but then my Jawa came up and killed Chopper in the end. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So it was a, a really close game, uh, and I had more fun playing John that time than I've ever had playing John because he always beats me. Go, go figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ones you win always seem to turn out better. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Very very cool. All right, so we're on to the final. Yeah, Jamal, you want to start? You want me to start? Uh, uh. Has, has, the, has the haze of bitterness, does it remain clouding your, your mind, Jamal? Well, we're about to talk about a 14-point R2 kill. Um, oh, and so, man. Can we say that you made me switch switch sides at the table? That was how. That's how this all started. <laughs> that's true. Classic. He's just trying <laughs> yeah. to start you off your game. Yeah, he um, was. He always is. Yeah, but my mind games didn't work. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I we had Moss Eisley again, um, and this was the control, um, the, the crates this time instead of return them. Um, and I had the indoor deployment zone. Um, so same deployment zones as the last time. I was determined not to leave Onar out to get killed at first, so I kind of boxed up against my um, terminal. Um, I left Sabine kind of back towards Jabba um, just because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with her yet. It's kind of hard to tell um, when you don't know what cards you're going to get and um, Jamal's, you don't know what he's going to do with Han. Um, So I had drawn into On the Lamb and I came up with kind of an aggressive plan to run um hondo into the middle to try and grab four points from those crates uh and then i had sat on another crate uh towards the top the the one where you open the other door so um i ended up doing that uh it, against my better judgment i don't know i kind of felt like it was a good idea because um i I thought that he might pull Han out, uh, try and take a good focus attack against Hondo. I could have grabbed those four points and then run back to safety uh, and been six points to two, I think would have been the way it started. Um, And then Jamal ended up having urgency that you played with Han, uh, so you would have been able to get two shots out on Hondo, and I wouldn't have been able to get my victory points. Um, So I decided to negate your urgency, not knowing about what you had going on with Rebel. Well, I knew you didn't have it that round, but the big question mark was whether Rebel Graffiti was going to come up, uh, take initiative, things like that. But I felt like negating uh, your urgency was worth it so that I could grab those four VPs and then um, run Hondo out of there after your end around attack. And so um, after that happened, uh, I think you were trying to shoot, because I had left out... um, 3PO and the Jawa for you to shoot at. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you obviously ended up shooting Hondo. Um, and then that helped my guy survive a little bit longer. Um, looks like, 
I had put Greedo in a spot where you started the second round and killed Greedo right off the bat with um, Drakata. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I had left Greedo by um, the uh, the door that's closest to where I'm sitting and on that crate. Um, so then Gre- you had doubted away Greedo's focus and then killed Greedo. Uh, and Greedo, I don't think he even had a shot on anybody, did he? No, I think I used um, Arcing Shot. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. you used Arcing Shot and Greedo was just completely wasted then. Yeah. Uh, and then you were able to Shrapnel uh, or Blast. I can't remember which one. I think I people. blasted on two onto Hondo. Okay. So... Uh, after that point, um, we just kind of focused up and moved around a little bit. And I had drawn into um, Celebration, Worth Every Credit, and I had um, Price, price on Heads. So I was deliberating a lot. I was trying to remember if, because I had heightened reflexes too, so I was trying to remember, okay, if R2 rolls a blank, can I get rid of that or he, does he still dodge? And the he answer dodges. is, yeah. he still dodges. He, yeah. He still dodges. So I was just, I mean, you have a lot of time in a final. So I was just kind of sitting there brooding it over and uh, decided to risk what I thought was going to be a one in six chance. And so uh, just to describe, so I boxed up on uh, around my terminal, but I've kind of moved it over to where he really only has a shot on R2, who's just above um, 3PO, uh, just above the terminal. And so okay. that's really his only shot coming down that hallway. And traditionally, having your opponent's only shot be R2 is a pretty feels bad man for your opponent. <laughs> yeah, it feel good. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, I have to say, Jamal, your positioning was excellent. Way to go, well, bud. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but, and you also had Han in a situation where um, I didn't know what to do with Sabine because you could have come around on like the very far side of your deployment zone and just shot at Sabine and um, and Jabba. So I was worried yeah. about you taking that many victory points and killing off Sabine, killing off Jabba, um, and having Drakata and Sabine to deal with the rest of my figures. Um, so I kind of pulled Sabine in an area where she wasn't perfectly safe. There was no perfectly safe spot. I mean, on Mos Eisley, I feel like there's no perfectly safe spot um, against Han. Um, but I pulled Sabine and then put her kind of tucked behind the Jawa and 3PO and thought, you know, if I can soak up as many attacks as possible there before you kind of get towards her, that's the best deal. So I moved her four and then played price on their heads. Um, and then my next activation, I went with Onar. I played worth every credit and moved Onar into, I think six away Mm -hmm. from, uh, R2. Um, and went ahead and tried to take that shot. Um, and I think the order of everything is pretty important. Um, because I ran that in there, I took the shot, uh, but you had played stealth tactics. Yeah. Um, so now wait a second. So we've got, we've got, you're shooting, Onar is shooting range six, which is not guaranteed range into a two white dice r2d2 with uh auto evade from uh from 3po okay right i'm just making sure that i'm I'm making sure that that setting is clear okay yeah and onar is focused um 
so I think I miss range by one. Yeah. Um, I, mm-hmm. I do enough damage, but I miss range by one. Um, prior to this, Jamal had tried to decide, because I had put a price on R2's head, whether or not he was going to move him to safety with Gideon. And you decided yeah. not to. I did. I figured he was going to die. And I knew that I was going to give him a double chance at dodging. Um, and so I chose to focus Han to put more pressure um, on the backside of your list. Ultimately, that, that maybe wasn't the best decision considering how this played out. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you had, I assume you had to move Gideon into position. He could only do one of those things. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then Jamal, you ended up rolling a dodge and then you rolled like a, a block uh, of eight. Just block of eight. Okay. Yeah. And so what makes this worse is that I aired because, um, I thought that, uh, R2 was going to survive and I just missed that Hera was right there. And I was debating about forcing the reroll doubt cause I had tough luck, um, in order to keep, R2 alive Um, but I thought I saw that um, R2 was only going to take 5 damage I think you maybe actually had range but you only had 5 damage that's what it was yeah that's what it was yeah and so I missed the added range or the added damage from Hera Um, and so I let it slide and you obviously add the damage and get the kill and so that was 14 points that 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 hurt <laughs> yeah because i played celebration after it so yeah man that's nuts so with my six objective points and then the 14 from that kill i'm at 20 and you had killed greedo and then you came back and killed 3po so it was 20 to 6 at that point yeah um i grabbed four more points from objectives um and at this point i have a, a lot of positioning and a lot of surprise and all my point cards are spent um so i needed to regroup a little bit and jamal was just starting to kill everything um my jawa dodged um which was huge because you i can't remember who you shot my jawa with but it kept sabine from taking an attack yeah um, because you had to then shoot the jawa again to kill it yeah and speaking of dodges (laughs) (laughs) and then sabine after that dodged twice in the game yeah right wow yeah it was two Um, dodges so the first time was a focused han shot um Mm -hmm. and then and then i think you dodged the end of round han shot as well um so Yeah, yeah i think that's right and then in the meantime, I had killed 3PO. Uh, the big deal about this is that I played Element of Surprise with Hondo. Yeah. Um, to take a shot. Because I still didn't have great shots. Um, because I didn't want to shoot at Han. Um, and take the extra attack against my figures. Uh, Dracado was well positioned and out of my range and line of sight. So I had 3PO. Um, that was basically within range for Hondo. So element of surprise and you negated it and then 3PO did not dodge and died. Yeah, and that negation being out of my hand proves key later on. But um, yeah, Uh, and I I went back and forth on whether or not I should try, but I I just knew you were 
at such a point advantage, I needed to try and deny every point possible. Um, so I went ahead and went for the one and three dodge and uh, uh, after re-rolls and uh, didn't get it. So you eventually kill Sabine. Um, yeah, so I had to move Dracotta up to be exposed for his focus shot and got damaged on her. Um, and eventually I'm able to kill her. Uh, but the problem then is that Dracotta was more exposed than I would have liked. Yeah, and she got a focus shot off on Dracotta, I think. Yeah. She got at least one shot off on Dracotta. Um, and you had, with extra armor, made it very difficult to kill Dracotta, or Han for that matter. Um, and then you grabbed an objective to take the lead at 32 to 30. Um, Hera had got a good shot off on um, Dracotta as well um, to give, I mean, there had been at least three attacks on Dracotta. I can't remember who did the second one, but Hera pulled three damage on Dracotta. Yeah. Um, and got Dracotta within one of dying. Yeah. And so um, then, yeah, then it comes to the final round and um, you uh, have 30 and you kill Dracotta and I forgot that you had... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I had initiative, but you played take initiative. I can't negate. Right. You kill Dracotta and uh, with Jabba, you get uh, up to 40. The 10 point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I had... Uh, amidst all of this craziness, I didn't even realize Dracotta only had one damage left. Um, so slight misplay because if you had tough luck in your hand and you still had doubt available, if I had rolled poorly on my um, Onar attack, which I dumbly decided to attack instead of just rush and kill, um, you potentially could have kept Dracotta alive. But you yep. had, I guess, put tough luck on the bottom of your deck at some point. Um, yeah. to try and draw into On the Lamb. Yeah, I didn't have On the Lamb early, and I was kind of frantic to get it, and so I kept drawing with um, heroic effort. Um, and so then um, I, yeah, and I only needed two activations, or I guess, yeah, I think two activations, or no, a single activation, I think, to, to win, um, because Sabine... I th think, yeah, Jabba took some damage maybe from an end around. Yeah, you shot Jabba end of uh, round before that, so you may yeah. have been able to kill him with Han, I think. Well, I would have gone, yeah, Sabine would have gone in, um, kill um, Jabba and play Rebel Graffiti, and that's all I needed to do. But That's the eight you needed, yeah. Wow. What a game. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Jamal, Jamal, as he said, took it real well each time I dodged. Took it real well. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> oh, man. That feels real bad. And you didn't say, but did you roll when you rolled the two white dice with R2? I know he missed range, but did you dodge? Yeah, I did. He had to play heightened reflexes. Okay. But I cursed. Okay. I knew he had heightened reflexes. And when I saw the dodge and not the blank, I. Oh, isn't, isn't that yeah, crazy? Yeah, I was like, oh, man, he's going to die. Yeah, it wow. was. Yeah, that, and I don't know. I mean, you had said before, Jamal, that you, that uh, Mos Eisley, you didn't like as much for your 
list, but I just felt like constantly like I, I could not get out of your line of sight for your big hitters. Yeah, um, I mean, it's good in terms of attack. Um, it's good against your list. It's not good against lists like Spectre. Um, or just getting in your grill so Yeah, I, so there's some lists that I need to be able to like run away from and um, be able to hide a little bit better. And with the doors opening, I don't get to control as much the entry points to my list. I kind of need to open that bottom door to put pressure with Han but then start a second round, I'm pretty exposed um, to a certain extent. I can I can make you take shots at R2, but once the you know R2 dies, then uh, you're getting into the meat of my list. Um, and so yeah, m- I'm I'm looking forward to Lothal uh, rotating in. Um, I think it'll be better for my list. So. Awesome. What I'd like to do now is do a little bit of a dec- I know we're running past an hour. We might need to break this episode up into two parts, but I, I do want to do a little bit of a compression, decompression in terms of talking about what you guys are doing to prepare for worlds, specifically what you think you need to do to respond to Spectre. So it's obviously John Scott, incredible player running Spectre um, is going to wallop you. Right. And even though Dave, you're able to beat him, I kind of, I, I still think, that those specter matchups it just seems like for everybody you're lucky if you're breaking 50 50 right and if you're not breaking 50 50 then you got to do some you know re-examining in terms of like either play style or list so so maybe let's start with dave and let's discuss like what your what your plan is going forward in terms of like what are you going to do to solve the specter problem sure preparing for worlds so um i kind of prepare for tournaments in what I feel like is an odd reclusive way. I kind of sit down in my basement and uh, try and get away from my children and put my maps on the floor and my list. Uh, and I just like position the figures, um, as much as possible, um, and try and figure out like count spaces out where are those figures and specter going to be, um, second round. What would I do in these situations? And, uh, what's my card draw looking like? And so if I get these cards, what am I going to do? So I just spend a lot of time, uh, what my girls tell me is it just looks like I'm playing with my toys. <laughs> so, um, but I, yeah, I, the positioning I think is the big thing that I'm going to work on. Um, and knowing exactly what my plan is, uh, with what cards I have. Um, I think Spectre, um, on Lothal, uh, it, feel like I can get away a little bit more, especially if the Spire, I mean, I can kind of contest the Spire, but now with the new ruling, um, I haven't looked at it uh, a ton, but it, it seems to r- really help um, that matchup. So I feel a little bit better about Lethal now. But I don't know. I, I'm going to stick with this list for a while um, and try and get some more games in. Um, I don't want to bring Spectre to Worlds, but I am not, you know, I just want to ruling it yeah. out. Yeah. So, yeah. And playing some games as Spectre, I think will help me as well. Kind of see where I feel like the weak spots are. Sure. Tell me about cards like worth every credit, right? Like I, I get the value of it, but are you, are those are car? I don't know if there's any other cards like that, but are you going to st- if you keep playing this list and if you take it to worlds, are you going to stick with cards like that? Or do you think it was more experimental trying to get something figured out and, 
will keep focusing down in terms of making the Spectre match, matchup better. Yeah, that um, the other two point cards I could bring are potentially second chance, and I can't bring Dying Lunge. I was trying to think of a couple other ones. My, I mean, my big thing is do I try and bring IG into this list, dump a couple things, and then bring Blaze of Glory with those two points? Um, but at the same time, that card's great with IG as well. Uh, so uh, I, I've actually really liked it, not so much for the movement points, but it's just two more points and that constantly yeah, putting those victory sure. point, um, the pressure of the victory points on your opponent, um, pulls them out of position. It makes them, uh, feel a little bit, uh, you know, more stress, um, because you've jumped above them in points. Now that, I mean, uh, that's not going to work in every game. Uh, a lot of players know how to play from behind. Um, but I feel like it's, it's still there. Um, and then, which is why I like that card. And especially with, um, what I knew Matt Lansdowne had was talking about and punching strike and all the conditions set for stun. It's nice to have that. It gives own our extra movement. So it's, a, it's still good, but, um, retweaking the command deck, uh, is I, I like second chance. So I, I would think about bringing that in. Awesome. What about you, Jamal? What are you doing? I, I know that you and I will be the lone spec, non-Spectre Rebel players at World. So what are what are you doing to prepare for the Yeah, matchup? well, unlike Dave, I'm committed. Um, and so I'm going <laughs> right. to be bringing this list. And I, I feel um, good about losing to Spectre with this list. Uh, I think... <laughs> I can do that as opposed, as, a, as opposed to being to getting beat. Love it. That's right. Yeah, I can do that consistently. No. Um so a little bit of spoiler um the the following weekend which is this past weekend of when we're recording uh I went to the Omaha Regional and I managed, I played Spectre Cell three times uh John twice um and I managed to get two wins out of the three and the the loss came on those Isley I'm just a lot more optimistic about my chances once that map is out of the rotation. I think that, um, you know, it's going to come down a lot to positioning and choosing the entry points to to my list um, and finding a way to push forward enough on their... Uh, advance where you can take out Kanan, you can take out a Zeb, um, but particularly Kanan, so that you can uh, prevent Zeb or uh, prevent Ezra from becoming the killing machine that he likes to become. Um, but the entirety of my command card deck and playstyle is to keeping <laughs> Dracada alive. And so, um, you know, I want to hold back, draw these cards as much as I can and um, try to draw into that defensive card and soak up some of these attacks so that I can kill them um, in time to survive. Um, And so the bigger map like Lothal, when I'm not playing Blitz at least, uh, is beneficial because that gives me a little bit more room to to snipe. so in terms of my preparation, um, yeah, I, I'm not quite as like corkboard with red yarn uh, approaches <laughs> as Davis, but I... Um, That's why you lose. <laughs> 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 uh, 
It's true, but he but he will not have a what's him called a, a civil service called on him in order to make do a wellness check. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm gonna try and get as many games in against Spectre Cell as I can. I actually feel one thing that I feel good about my list is I think it plays pretty well against the lists that tech against Spectre Cell, and so like VPT, I feel I feel fairly confident about that matchup of being. On equal footing, I feel good about scum manipulation. Um, you know, I can lose these lists. I can lose to Han Rangers, etc. But um, I'm on equal playing field, and I know how to approach them. Spectre still got an edge over my list, and I think that that's just that's just a fact. That yeah, it's just how it that's is. just how it is. But I'm going to stick with yep. this, and the advantage that I have is I I know this list very well. Um, yeah. And I've been tweaking it in some ways since Worlds. Um, you know, my Worlds list is like this only instead of Ahsoka, I have Sabine and I have now have Doubt and I have extra armor uh, and I have a different command card suite. But um, yeah, I, uh, I'm good at knowing how to position these figures and I think I've got a play style that can at least give me a chance. Um, but ultimately, I think the best... A uh, way to beat Spectre is to not play them, and so <laughs> I'm just hoping that I'll get matched up with uh, other people on <laughs> on this and just make it in uh, through that way. Or you know, there you go. play them on Uscrew, and I've got a little bit of an edge. Uh, you know, better to be lucky than good. Jamal. That's right. That's right. That a... Now tell me this, guys, both of you. Now that the spire has been fixed and Lothal is a little bit more doable, what is your, what is going to be your approach? Like, are you going to try and contest the spire, hold on to your terminal, or do you still rotate everyone away from the spire and just um, take pot shots? Take pot shots as Spectre's approaching. Like, what's the what's the plan? Well, I think that the murder death alley is probably a good place to avoid. Um, so no, I'm not going to go to the Spire. I'm going to go to okay. whatever side of the map Spectre Cell is not at. So um, I'm going to send R2 down to the terminal, obviously. Um, yeah. And you know, I sometimes split my list and I'll faint by sending Han up top and maybe send everybody, uh, or maybe not Han, but somebody up top and then try and send everybody else the opposite way. But if I can split their list in some sort of way, that's beneficial for me. Um but if they've sent, if they're sending everybody down south, there's no way I'm going to the spire. It doesn't matter sure. if I yeah. can contest the spire. I want to make it to where they close with me uh, in as long amount of time as possible. So as much as I can delay that. So really, I'm going to be. That's what a, uh, my goal is to push in the center with um, my initial deployments. I'm not really going to make it clear which way I'm going to go and not move too far in either direction and then hopefully send them in one way and then hightail it the other way and take pot shots along the way. Yep, that sounds... And I actually, I've thought a lot about when I, like with Han, I am going to use Han to contest the Spire just because, one, I want them to shoot him. Yeah. And so, like, I don't I don't really have a problem with, with that being the case. And I want to be able to hold Sabine back from being able to just sit in that center spot because when the center spot, her grenade, her ability to dive in, pop a grenade off and get back is ludicrous. Right. And even just being one space back makes a huge difference in terms of like where she can get to. Yeah. So I, I love that like Han can kind of single-handedly hold her down or she can't stay there at the top of the spire because Han will kill her right with yeah. his 
either end of round shot or like it's end of, start around end of round, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I do really like that. And I think that it's a good idea, obviously, to not be committal because you do not want to be fa facing the whole weight of Spectre Cell. But also, I think you got, if you're running on, I think you got to be ready to put a little bit of pressure on Sabine, right? Like keep her honest. So what do you think? What do you think, Dave? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, with my list in particular that I played at regionals, um, I think my plan would just, I, I mean, the big swing for me is drawing cards at the end of the round with black market. And, um, so I would like to be on the terminal. Uh, it's not essential, but, uh, a lot of how I play, um, with this list depends on what I have in my hand at the end of round two. Yeah. Um, so if I can get a few victory points up on them, um, it's not beneath me to just <laughs> hide and, and run away and try and shoot them as they're chasing me. Um, or just try and hunker down and get victory points in any way possible. Um, but as far as contesting that spire, like I said, I haven't read all the rulings, um, on it, so I don't know entirely how it's changed. Um, I know it becomes easier to kill Sabine sitting on the spire. Um, if she's on the spire, you can draw a line of sight to her, which is, that's the big deal. Mobile units, okay. if okay. they're sitting there in that center. So if they're sitting in the center, they can, you can draw a line of sight to them. However, okay. I, if, if she is on, so let's say you're on one side of, of the, the spire. If yeah. she is on the other side of the spire, but still within blocking terrain, you can't draw a line of sight to her. I'm Got pretty it. positive that's the new, the new ruling. Yep. So, Got it. so she still has to be one space back is kind of the rule. Yeah. I mean, so it feeds into that ability to be able to kind of be, a little bit closer and maybe get some shots off on her um, or just see who they bring out and uh, be a little bit more tactical that way. I have to see what the, your, whatever your specter opponent, whatever they're trying to do, whatever figures sure. they're putting at risk. Um, but I feel like ideally it would be to grab some of those cards that are going to give me a big victory point swing uh, when I get the first kill um, against whoever that is. Yeah, and similarly, you know, if I draw um, Element and Arcing Shot early on um, and, you know, Sabine's just hanging out right there behind the Spire, then that's something that I might take a, a risk with um, with Dracata yeah. to try and take Sabine out early with a Dracata Shot and then follow up with a Sabine Grenade. Um, but... Um, yeah, again, it, <laughs> mostly I'm going to be running away. Oh, how, how, how brave of us all. But actually, I mean, that's you got to keep space, right? Yeah. And so with, with Spectre, the biggest thing is keeping space and breaking whichever like part of the pincer they send uh, to slow you down, right? Like if you can kill, if they send um, Kanan and Ezra one side, Zeb and Sabine the other side, right? Like in order to like compress you down. If you can kill Kanan and Ezra is not being able to set his die. That is a huge deal, yeah. right? Like it, I mean, because then Ezra's only rolling a green, yellow, yellow plus one damage, right? He's going to do four to five damage on each attack, but that is way better than the six or seven damage that he's going to almost guarantee in his attacks against you. So yeah. I really, I think that's the right approach. Yeah, and something I never drew into in this tournament, but that I really like about the Onar and Hera combo is that. Um, I mean, nobody can spike damage like Onar if he gets the cards for it. I mean, he can roll uh, focused four die attack, add tools for the job, get another yeah. one, have assassinate, have heightened reflexes. Like you can have all those cards. It's not, you know, entirely out of the realm of possibility. 
um, yep. especially if they're letting you draw up, so he can kill somebody pretty fast. Yep, it's very true. Very, very true. Uh, Jake Peterson at the Minnesota Regional used Onar to one-shot a full-health canine. So, oh, my goodness. You know, exactly. it, it, it can happen. <laughs> and it can happen from far away if you've got Hera. There you go. That's true. Very, very true. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you, brothers, for coming on and giving this wonderful Regionals recap. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah appreciate it. We, we are very appreciative to have your expertise and your bitterness did not cloud your judgment too much, Jamal, which we appreciate. I tamped it down as best as I could. <laughs> awesome. So you're awesome. a saint, Jamal. <laughs> That's right. That's true. Well, Jamal did get a silk at a top 16 at Worlds last year. So he, he, he forever deserves our praise for, for just that. So my Do you guys have any more closing thoughts for us? No, I just, you know, I always love getting out there and playing against uh, that group that we have in the Midwest. It's uh, it's always a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I was astounded to have actually come out with the victory, and so I just appreciate all the games. Yeah, and um, for people considering in the future whether or not to go to the lesser regional out in Utah or come to the real um, battle in the Midwest, um, just to know uh, we are superior. Um, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 were, we were trying to do some math in terms of figuring out what our world our world's records were. And I, we had to, like, tone it down a little bit because we only had four guys who went to Worlds. But I think we were doing pretty okay, Jamal. Well, uh, let's not put facts in the way of a good story. So uh. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, to, to be honest, to be 100% honest, I was strongly considering coming out to the Kansas Regional and making uh-huh. Dave put me up but when they schedule on the same day obviously i couldn't do that so well, next year might go to colorado we'll see there you go there you go we'll we'll get it figured out we will rendezvous yet awesome well again we want to thank you brothers so much for coming on and again thank you for having us on it was a blast yep. awesome and we want to encourage everyone to get on the waitlist for worlds if you're not on it's going to be so much fun we're trying to figure out what we're going to do in terms of swag at the regional it will be, or I'm sorry, not regional, but worlds is going to be awesome. And again, we want to encourage everyone to, to attend. We're going to try and do some side events, have some hangouts. We're going to have a lot of fun. So if, if you are close to Chicago and at all considering it, please consider getting on the wait list. I'm somewhat certain you'll get a ticket to be able to play in the tournament. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. So again, we want to encourage everyone to do that. Uh, join the Slack channel by saying an email to zionsfinest.ia at gmail.com and support us on Patreon. by going to patreon.com slash zionsfinest. Thank you guys so much and have a good night.